We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff! We have a liftoff! Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast. The show about the show, the show within the show. What a wild and woolly couple of weeks it has been during the start of the new year you can listen to the pgp as well as the full four hours the best of the show every day sunday morning football going back to last year in december the 12 da's of christmas all in podcast form so just search the da show subscribe and then rate and review that helps other people find it and it's on your fingertips the best of the da show or the full show all of it every single day the brouhaha was a raging success for Mraz. He found himself down by 100 beers up until the playoff began. He then bet it all on Alabama to beat Cincinnati. He came all the way back. And then last night, as Georgia won, I had bet on Georgia 120 beers. Mraz bet 72 beers on Georgia because of his lead that he had built up already. He nudged me by six beers. And so I owe him a six-pack. Bogus owes him 125 beers. And now I got to pay Sean in basically a truckload of beers. So now you owe him 125 beers. Mraz, did you say there was a christening or a birthday party? We haven't booked it yet, but Peyton, we are planning on christening her in May. So, you know, obviously some family, hopefully things clear up. We can get a bunch of people at the house to do this. Obviously, I'm going to serve some beer. And what better way to take care of the beer mm-hmm. than making sure I get all of that covered by Bogus? The one bet my wife will be happy to hear I won is yeah. knowing, you know, a good chunk of the alcohol portion of this party will be paid for by Andrew Bogus. I'm the open bar at a party I'm not going to be invited to. Maybe. Here, here's <laughs> the thing, Maybe we'll have to send you one. Maybe. Why, why don't, Bogues, you and I go to this birthday party or this christening? It's a christening. How many times are you going to ask if it's a birthday party? And why don't we try to drink as much of the beer as possible so that at least you didn't just buy it just for Mraz? I mean, we like could, I could probably take down 15 to 18 beers. I mean, let's be honest. We've got a team of Sean's friends. We could all drink that before Sean has a chance to get near a cooler that day. I'll, I'll make you a deal. You guys can come, not bring a gift for my daughter at all. 
and bring the beer and drink as much beer as you want if you two bartend the whole party. <laughs> I just, you know what? I the visual. I'll of, come to that. I would weigh that option. I would weigh that option. Yeah, I mean, I would need a Bob's Bar shirt first of all. We have those. I know. I would need one of those, but it, this feels like. And a, like a bonus loss we're taking here, DA. That's that actually to, true. Yeah, we have to we have to actually labor. Right. That we but you get to drink for. the beer. We just get Bayou Bear real hungry, and we plant these 10 cases of beer in front of him and just say, brother, we'll buy you tacos. You just do work here. And we watch him. <laughs> Mraz, congratulations. We already talked about this on Tuesday's show, but have you decided specifically how you will divide the 131 beers, 125 from Bogues and six from me. <laughs> I mean, I, I've started some early internal conversations in my head, DA, because, again, I think the best way to use an abundance of beer is to not be selfish about it, me stack it away in my shed and just pick at it as I go all year long. I think if I'm getting that much, uh, basically five cases of beer, well, when's the next time I'm having a get-together? And I brought up this christening I'm having with my daughter, and I feel like that's the perfect spot. So in that scenario, yeah, I love a Kona Big Wave. I, you know, I like spreading it out, maybe some lining kugels. But ultimately, if I'm, I'm pleasing a party, yeah, I'll do a little of what I like. But, you know, that might be a, a Bud Light, maybe some Corona or a Modelo or Heineken, that kind of stuff. And I'm going to separate it the best I can. Interesting that you bring up a line in Kugel. So the only one that I know that's popular enough for everybody to find, which was one of the baselines here, you got to be able to, if you want the beers, you got to give us the ones that you want that are available in, in our distributor. So it can't be crazy hard to find beers. Sure. A line in Kugel Summer Shandy is really the only one that's really, really popular. I love their Honey Weiss, but I can't find that anywhere on the East Coast. So you love summer shandies that much? I, I do. Well, especially during the summer. I can't have a summer go by where I don't have at least, I guess, a full 12-pack of summer shandy at some point. So if it's a nice warm weather event, I, I think a line and Kugel summer shandy is a nice thing to have. Now, they get very sweet. Ultimately, yeah. you're not going to pound them nonstop. But I think it's nice to have in a cooler on a nice warm weather day. Okay. All right. Well, I'm here to buy your big six-pack. In many ways, it was a huge victory for me to climb my way all the way back. That, by only... the way, will be a personal stash. Your six-pack will be a personal, <laughs> right. Just drink it with vengeance every yes. single time that you crack one. So that was a, actually a win for me, but also a loss because I, I should have sacked up and, and bet more than 120. If I bet 130, I would have won this whole competition. But instead, you know, I end up owing you only six the turning point ends up being here for me personally was that I crapped the bed on betting <laughs> LSU against K-State in the Texas Bowl. Had I just played it conservatively in that stupid game, that game meant nothing. And I thought LSU bad season, impressed Brian Kelly. He's now around the program. We'll be watching. You want your job next year. You're playing for scholarships, etc. And ultimately, an SEC team always has more talent than the K-State team. However, K-State was motivated. LSU was not. LSU had a million opt-outs and COVID guys that couldn't play, and they got they got roughhoused by K-State. And I had bet 35, 35 beers on that, I think. I don't know. Might have been 36. I think you went with the full 12-pack numbers, I believe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I bet too many beers on that. I should have bet like two beers on that. Instead, I bet multiple beers on that, multiple cases. And that that was the deficit that I couldn't make up 
because you bet 72 beers. Had I bet 120 and I was only negative 10 instead of negative 35, I would have won. Well, so the Texas Bowl killed me. Well, again, the Texas Bowl was a weird bowl after the playoffs that is so stupid that it exists when it exists. So because you were kind of felt like you were in panic mode at that point, that's probably why you did make that play. Do you have any regrets about earlier bowl games being so conservative? Or was it just expect me to basically fall all over myself? I couldn't have played it any differently because I didn't know the rules of engagement. In other words, <laughs> you know, I ended up, you're right, I, I bet. I bet 15 beers on LSU in that game. You guys had 12 on, on K-State, A-B did, and you had 36 on K-State. So you opened up a good lead on me in that game. But I didn't know the rules of engagement because I didn't know the strategy portion of how your mind was working. I didn't know that you were countering what you thought we would do. I was just going into it betting what I was confident in. I thought this game would break this way. I thought this team would win this. And so I bet accordingly, thinking that we all were going to play in that realm of, you're really confident, here's six beers. You're really, (laughs) really, really confident, 12 beers. You're not so confident, four beers. I never expected the totals bet to be in the 100s. I never thought we would get there. And so I couldn't have played the early portions better because I never thought you'd have the gall to go that far. And then once you started doing the 36 beer bets and losing them all, I was like, well, of course I just got to keep playing it this way because you're already 120 beers back. <laughs> but look, you were you were ballsy. And I would say in, in a great twist of fate for the brouhaha, it might be the only year ever you can do this. We may never get an Alabama versus a group of five team ever again in a college football playoff. Now, granted... There are usually big lines on semifinal games, so maybe you know you take the favorite there and you feel that confident. But I don't think you'll ever find a bet in a bowl game where you feel as confident going in with a number as you did right. with Alabama versus the first group of five team ever in a bowl in a in a playoff. Right, because as we've stated in past PGPs. You could have big numbers in bowl games and big programs, but you never know a team's motivation. You, the one thing you could bank on is playoff motivation and the idea that Nick Saban could not face the embarrassment of losing or playing a tight game versus a group of five team. Although that game was tighter than the score said, that was the one I always looked at and said, if that line is going to hold at 13 and a half points, there's no way I don't just trounce with Bama. It's a great move. You end up winning all the beers. You'll talk about it with Bogues coming up on side B, including some tweaks to the rules that you guys would like to see for the competition committee to consider. So I'm interested to hear that coming up on side B. I think Bogus is like in a lockout. He's pushing for salary caps here. So we'll (laughs) we'll see what we discuss. Which is a fair conversation to have. Could you have unlimited betting every single year to where it's an arms race where it's like, okay, <laughs> Ohio State spends $30 million on facilities, so Bama has to spend $35 million right. on facilities. Right. The other bet payoff this week is you and the Daniel Jones, well, blue body paint. <laughs> Leave Daniel Jones out of this. <laughs> blue body paint, and the Giants missed the playoffs, and you had to go outside shirtless in the freezing cold yesterday, and it was caught on camera. This team sucks! This team sucks! This team sucks! Four-win team! Four-win team! Hey, give Merez a lot of credit. He took his beating like a man. He went out there, and it was freaking cold. I've had enough! I've had enough! Mara sucks! Mara sucks! 
At one point... We have a boom mic out there? It's great quality. It really rattled around the buildings down there. At one point, that blue paint, it was hard to tell whether your body was blue from paint or blue from hypothermia. (laughs) How were the extremities when you got home? They weren't good. It was a very uncomfortable ride home. I wore a shirt with completely hard, frozen, crusted paint on my back that was rubbing on the shirt and creating more irritation. Uh, And it took a lot of scrubbing to get off, but uh, the tips of my fingers didn't really come back to me. Even when I gripped my lunch sandwich, which I guess we'll hear about in a little bit, was very difficult. Very, very difficult. How did it feel to be shirtless inside our newsroom where our bosses and our coworkers could see your bare chest? No different than anything else I've done. I mean, I did go shirtless into a Christmas party once. I would say there are very few people, and you could probably count on one finger, that work for the company that would be totally comfortable doing that. I'm probably that one because, I mean, what, what, who's fooling who now? They don't know what I'm packing underneath the shirts. <laughs> they know they know what they're getting with me at this point. We've reached unbelievably too comfortable a levels <laughs> at seeing me with my moobs just hanging out that essentially it looks like I'm wearing a tuxedo when I walk down with my stomach hanging out all prickly. I, I, you would think for normal people, that would be like, wow, can you believe you just did that in front of the office? That part of the whole day was the least thing phasing to me. Least. Walking down painted, who cares? Right? It was freezing weather that got me more than caring about what the bosses thought of my fat, rotund stomach. Interesting that you you didn't want to go away to college because you were worried about going and using communal showers. Sure. So obviously you were a little self-conscious about how you looked. And now... Fast forward 15 years later, and you're in the middle of a newsroom with bosses and coworkers staring at you shirtless, and you're completely comfortable. You're right. Uh, I definitely have shed some of my vulnerabilities, and it doesn't mean I'm proud of the way I look by any means, but I also think I've come to a realization in life, two things, DA. Number one, I'm not fooling anyone. You know, it's not like I take off the shirt, people are like, wow, can you believe he looks like that underneath there? So the fooling is out. Number two... I mean, what am I playing for at this point? I have two kids. I have a wife. I, I mean, at this point, what do I what do I need to be showing off for with six mm. packs? It's you know, the boat's race is done. Whatever I am, I am. And now, look, I am keeping a fat journal, trying to lose weight. But the the point of like embarrassment and like like ruining anything in my life, what am I gonna ruin? I don't need any more kids. And if anything ever did happen between me and my wife, last thing I'm looking to do is get married again. So it's, what's done is done. What's caught on camera is caught on camera. <laughs> of course you love Danielle. Of, and course, of course. I'm not you have insinuating that at all. Right. No, I'm no, just, no. Yes. But have you thought about that if you did, if Danielle did end up leaving you because she was fed up with your nonsense, that you're just, that's it. I'm pushing I'm pushing away from the poker table. I'm not getting married again. No, I don't need that. I don't need that. That's the last thing I need. Lifetime bachelor if she decides to leave you? Yeah, because I've gotten, you know, the the fruits of of being married and, you know, living that life, beautiful home and the kids and all that. At that point, if I'm not getting that and I've screwed something up, I need more aggravation in my life. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I will sit there with my dipsy doodles, probably putting queso dip in my belly button. I'll watch football. I'll eat myself out of house and home, and that'll be how I live the rest of my days. I hope it doesn't come to that clearly, but that is clearly the route I would choose if it did come to that. I didn't foresee this happening on the the podcast, but hey, plot twists are interesting as well. So 50 years old, (laughs) a single Mraz, the kids are living with Danielle. You only see them on 
every other weekend. Thank goodness Danielle's not a subscriber to the people. <laughs> what, what does a single Mraz's life look like at 50? Probably a lot like a married Mraz's life looks like at 34, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. A lot of what you're getting now, with less being told to get up and clean something. Well, I guess, yeah, That what would be... What would be the thing that would change in your life that that Danielle tends to tell you to do chores or that you just wouldn't do those? Yeah, I mean, honestly, and this is probably why my marriage works. I really am allowed to do basically anything I want. You know, if I if I want to gather with buddies and watch a game or maybe we're going to go to happy hour, it's very rare I get the pushback unless it's been a really difficult week for her. It's I do the food shopping and the laundry already in the house, so... You know, every once in a while, it's, hey, you know, you really need to vacuum this up or something like that. But ultimately, I already have taken charge on a lot of household chores that she's glad to give up and put her hands up. Good, you're already doing it. So, in many ways, this is probably why I will never be single because, oddly, I, I take on enough responsibility and don't get enough pushback when I want to do something. But from that standpoint, that's why I say if anything did happen, yeah, my life probably looks a lot the same. Except that, you know, every other weekend, I got to figure out what I'm doing with the kids. <laughs> with the kids, which I basically do anyway. Now, anyway. So yesterday you're out in the streets and it's freezing cold and people are honking at you and they're jogging by. And the interesting thing is that it didn't seem like too many people were shocked. It was like, oh, yeah, there's a semi-naked guy and his body is painted and he's screaming. <laughs> Maybe it's different other parts of the country. Maybe it's just that we're in COVID and everything seems a little weird. But I thought it was interesting that kind of in New York, it's really hard to startle people. And more than more than that, people are just in a rush. They're just like, they <laughs> kind of look at you and then kind of be like, I've got somewhere to be. Right. And also they can go two blocks up and there's a guy painted in green doing some of the same <laughs> things. Yeah, I think that's the case. And it, and it's weird, right? The city seemed quieter yesterday. <laughs> And then the people that did come by, either I would yell and chant, and they would basically pretend they were listening to their headphones and keep walking. Very rare amount of people came, stopped by, and talked, including a, a woman who was jogging who said, basically, she's out there to get get fit. Why am I out there? <laughs> uh, and, you know, the people, the passerbys honking the horn, just putting a smile on their face. Yeah, I, I think it's one of, when you see a fat guy painted in blue yelling, John Mara sucks, I mean, that's essentially just an average day in New York. So I don't think there's anything there that would startle people or do anything. I, I mean, I'm sure if my if I was completely naked, maybe that would draw more eyebrows and maybe some handcuffs. But no, shirtless and say absolutely not. That was a normal day for people. Now we have the Connor Green bet payoff. Are we even keeping tallies anymore? I mean, it's over, right? Like, that just goes through the regular season. You have beaten him. Yeah, so I, I continue as you continue to make picks through the postseason because we've always done that, but the re it was a regular season bet as it always is, Super Dave and people who will not be named and such. So Connor lost. I, I To be honest with you, I went 0-3 for the first time on Up the Gut all year, so I don't. I did not tally Connor's number yet. I was going to bring that up by Friday. So I don't know officially what he finished at, but he was eliminated prior to this week, so I knew he could not catch me. So we know we're doing frozen pizza and ridiculing some Canadian bacon. And maybe some Canadian bacon will go on the frozen pizza. Who knows? We'll bring it all together. So we got to get Connor here on the PGP or get him on the show to discuss losing and you know what he thinks about this process because Connor's a – he's a – great attitude and a great worker and everybody loves him but i don't know if he's ever been subjected to 
sheer humiliation. Right. Like he's a pretty by the book kind of guy. I think he's not as off the rails as we are. So I wonder how he's going to take this. Yeah, and I, I think there's a couple interesting things. I think Connor will roll with the punches and be okay. But who knows? Maybe this is something that wilts him and forever changes. Uh, the course of his belief in things on the DA show when he's the butt of the jokes because he's been very much a golden yeah. child of all of us. So we'll yeah. see. I also think now it's interesting the logistics that get to work out. Mind you, we're going to make him a frozen pizza, yet it's likely he will not be as cold in a box as I was shirtless out in the street <laughs> in New York City because a freezer doesn't even keep things as cold as it was like that. And also, you know, now we run into a, you know, how much flour do we buy? How much cheese and sauce do we buy? How much does it take to turn Connor Green into a frozen pizza? I I think the ins and outs (laughs) of what's going to embarrass Connor now become very interesting, an analytical approach. So we got to first get him on the show to discuss the embarrassment, and then we have to decide on, yeah, the quantities of this. The way that I envision this is that we get, pizza dough like kneadable pizza dough because just flour is fine but if we can dump a big piece of pizza dough on him so it's draped over him almost like a a ghost oh i love that i love that and then you have a one of those big economy cans of strained tomatoes that you can get at the bottom (laughs) shelf of your grocery store and then you dump that on his head and then you have a bunch of cheese that you then dump on his head as well. So now he's wearing pizza crust, pizza dough, huge vat of tomato sauce, tons of cheese, and then you shove him into a a walk-in freezer <laughs> and you keep him in there until until his lips turn blue. Yeah, and, and we might have to have Cap wire some kind of GoPro to film him inside <laughs> that freezer. So a cameraman also doesn't get frozen. But this is a guy who eats frozen pizza five days a week. Now to make him a frozen pizza. Uh, and Connor loves stuffed crust. So if we can make that happen around him too, whatever that would mean for Connor, we could do that. It's really, it's interesting. I'm also very curious the imagery of it. How long you keep Connor out there? Because remember, my Giants bet, you originally said a half an hour, and even we agree that was not safe once we no. were out in those temperatures. You know, what's a safe temperature in a freezer? These are all things. And again, maybe... Maybe you won't even have to fake ridiculing his Canadian bacon. Maybe it'll just make him less funny forever and we'll really have to hammer his Canadian bacon. Totally. It could be one of those things where, like David Carr getting sacked too often early in his mm. career, it completely tra- changed the trajectory of his career. Which uh, we almost don't want. No. But it's okay that he can handle a little adversity, too. <laughs> Let's see. It could freeze him to his core. One last nugget. I've had a couple of listeners. Have you had a couple of listeners that have reached out and asked about whether we're doing Festivus? Yes. Yes. Including we did not. We did not plan on this because we had the 12 DAs. We had the lead up to the week that you guys were all off and I was here solo into the year of the buffoon, into the uh, journal dramatic readings, into the brouhaha, into the Connor Green cold frozen pizza bit into you paying off the Giants bet. We've had so much other stuff going on, plus a national championship game. The NFL playoffs are now set. We really haven't had space to breathe when it comes to Festivus. It also is an annual airing of the grievances. And there's been part of me that's been like, well, I don't want to let all of our listeners down because they look forward to it clearly. But I also don't want to poke a hornet's nest where we're now forced 
to gripe about one another yes. when we're actually in a pretty good space right now. So it's funny you say this because I I had uh, mentioned it to Pete. And I mentioned it, I think to Twitch at the end of last week when a couple of this was brought up. And I said, you know, I, I I totally understand because it was actually originally a me idea. Which when I have an idea, those are rare, and I want to push them. <laughs> I said, but we we a are all. Uh, I would say it, it are all laughing, enjoyable each other's, you know, peaks. And, you know, throughout a year, those go through peaks and valleys. And I also think, unlike past years, I think we've just evolved to, if you listen to the show day to day, you're going to catch glimpses of Festivus just on the air now. We don't save yeah. it all for the end of the year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'll catch a couple of those moments and maybe they'll be awkward for people or uncomfortable for people. But, right. I, you know... Now, to do it for entertainment purposes, do we need to anger anybody where they put on a good face on the show and they go home pissed? I don't know that that's in the best interest of the show and for the listeners. It begs the question, where were we emotionally over the last four years, and for you and I even before that, where we were dying to vent about one another, and and now we're a little scared to vent about one another? I guess that's true. I guess it's true. But I don't know. I do think the world, though, has changed, DA. I think I do think the pandemic plays a lot into this. I think we all in our personal lives think about where we came from Festivus and where we are now. You are married. Pete is married again. Pete has a kid. Uh, Pete has bought a house. You've bought a house. I've bought a house. I have two kids now. Uh, Bogus's kids continue to get older. I think we all have our different life circumstances. And you throw in a pandemic, which weighs everybody's mental health. And then we were working from home, not seeing each other. And then we see each other after so long where now maybe you had some other stuff and you're trying to figure out the direction of the show going from here or there. I just think that that life and the world and all of our lives changed since we were in these healthy festivist spots that... I don't know. I think there probably is a little more sensitivity to everybody just naturally that the wrong things can be interpreted the wrong way. And it probably in the end isn't good for the health of the show. Yeah, we're in a good spot. You hate to just for a bit purpose throw us off of that. I'm not saying that anybody would be super sensitive nor that it would ruin things permanently, but we're in a good groove and a good rhythm right now. And it just seems unnecessary to develop an entire segment around bashing one another. And I think also if people are really dire for Festivus, and I mentioned just a little while ago how you probably heard Festivus without realizing you've heard Festivus throughout points (laughs) of 2021 towards the end that – Festivus also can evolve like segments evolve to the point where right now we have the awkward air horn, which has become a thing where segment transitions. You know, Festivus for as great as an annual end of December segment, you know, we can have brief Festivuses throughout the year. We have all the drops. We have the music. And, you know, it could kind of be like calling out a hot route. Hey, guys, I just got to say, I think in the spirit of the show at 825 a.m., I have a Festivus, and nobody knows who it's coming at, and we just kind of collectively do it like a live on-the-air airing of the grievances, and maybe you get six mini Festivuses throughout the year, depending on where the headspace is. Maybe so, yeah. It is one of those things where you have to hit it where people are sitting on something to gripe about. Right. Well, and, because, and, and also, D.A., and I understand what you're saying, sitting on something to gripe about, but also the timing, right? Whenever we did it at the end of December, we're all in a holly jolly laughing mood at the end of the 12 D.A.s where kind of we all 
and not to say we have our feet up, we have our feet up where you're okay laughing off criticism. When you come back to start the new year and everybody's laser focused on making sure the year and the football players are off, you know, that's maybe not the right headspace to do it in, too. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I've I've been confronted with this a couple of times by listeners, and I don't have a good answer. I kind of want to do it because at a tradition and because they really enjoy it. I want to do it and honor them. At the same time, I'm like, I don't know if that's the right strategic yeah. move right now. Well, it's also easy for them. They're not the ones getting ridiculed. <laughs> up to a festivist about all the listeners. Then again, I guess I already did that for Rob. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good example where you went in on Rob, Rob of the three, two, one, so much so that Rob had a change and rebrand himself yeah. to Robin Vieira, Florida. And now you felt guilty about it, had to apologize well, on air. And you yeah. know, Maybe it's not it's not healthy to keep ch- dragging everybody that that's on the show. It's a great point. That's a perfect example. I essentially festivist Rob and within 24 hours felt horrible about myself <laughs> even though I really did mean a lot of things I was saying, but I realized I went too hard. And maybe that's just it. Maybe that's exactly it. Even if you mean the things you're saying and even if you went hard, who needs to deal with your own personal guilt a day later after Festivus? Not me. I felt horrible for two days. I was even my wife don't even know Rob, and I was like, I shouldn't have done that. It was stupid of me. Why did I do that? It bothered me. <laughs> so it's under consideration. It's under consideration, but uh we have no no conclusion yet. <laughs> <laughs> What could we do? So side B, you and Bogues on the brew haha. Yes, brew haha. Bogus owes me a lot of beers. We break it all down. Where did Bogus go wrong? And much like a meeting of the minds, the College Football Playoff Committee can't agree on expansion. Bogus wants some ideas on agreeing <laughs> to fix the brew haha in, in following years. By the way, it should be noted that it sounds so right to be called the brew haha because it's about beers. That's the brew, and a brew haha is usually like a dust up, a fight, yes. a scuffle, something like that. So it's perfect plus a ha ha because it's kind of funny. So you can't imagine it being called anything else. But at first, it was called the beer bowl. And now, for years, I think we'll do this every single year because it was a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. It's going to be like when the Jets were called the New York Titans. And you're like, that didn't sound right. I don't, how did it ever start that way? That was the origin. This is going to be, we'll always remember it's called the beer bowl. And you're going to be like, oh, that didn't sound right because the brouhaha sounds so right because, you know, it's now it, it fits just like the New York Jets fits. Yes, I agree with that. Brouhaha. I, I think it's perfect. It, it means something. We can maybe go back to the throwback uniforms of a beer bowl. But yeah, the brouhaha right. is meant to be. And it's different. You don't hear a segment called the brouhaha anywhere. It's like when the Broncos had those brown and yellow uniforms. They're, you're like, they started with those for a year? Yeah, Brandon Marshall broke them out for a Thanksgiving. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, excellent. That was side A. Here comes Bogues and Mraz on side B. How to diggle 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 do It is Mraz. How are you? It's side B of the PGP. A brouhaha and a brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
That kind of PGP here as we discuss a couple important events. The bogeyman joins us. Bogey, how are my sound effects? Have you already drank one of the many beers I now owe you? Yeah, uh, I have not. I have not. And I'm excited about this. I'm excited that I've won the brouhaha. And what a roller coaster ride mm. it has been through bowl season. Uh, a bowl season that started with a beer here, a beer there. And finally, I had enough of everybody betting one beer, two beers. And I dug myself an enormous hole. I mean, I, at one point, I was down, what, 80 to 100 beers? Yeah. And here we are taping this after the national championship game. And DA, when all was said and done, owes me a measly old six-pack. Yep. And do you want to give the audience the number again you owe me? I think I, I, think I could have been owed 270 beers instead i owe you 125 so it's rough almost a 400 beer swing unbelievable job by georgia securing that so for those doing the math that's essentially 10 12 packs five cases of beer yeah, yeah. so I, I have to really really still hammer out the details of exactly what i'm looking for beer wise and when we'll do it and i might offer some sort of payment plan as well as uh, Bogus had offered DA and I off the air on Monday's show. So first, let me just ask you as far as the brouhaha goes. You stated several times, Yeah, I almost don't want to win. Yeah. Because when the numbers started getting out of hand, you already get in trouble at home for how much beer is in the fridge. Yeah. And what were you going to do with all that beer? So when picking Alabama, did you in your heart think Georgia was going to win and you threw this thing? No, 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 no. I, I thought Alabama was going to win. What I could not, could not figure out, and I should have, I don't know if I should have, but I thought about like asking Nick Costos, who is our betting guru, who I've known since sure. he was 18 years old, because this is not, I don't do this normally. I don't bet regularly. Like, this is foreign to me. I was definitely the underdog, I think, in a certain way in this, in this threesome. And nearly won the whole damn thing. So I, my brain just, I'm not smart like this. I did not know what I should wager. I did not know how to play it strategically to win or lose. I thought Alabama was my legit pick, and I settled on 36 beers trying to protect against a loss and owing too many beers, and I still end up owing 125 beers. Right, because ultimately what happened when we put together the brew haha is that there was no cap on amount of beers per game. Yes, which, which well, I want to get to that at some point before okay. we're done. I'm just explaining this background. So because I'm going to explain to you why everybody thinks I'm a dumbass all the time, and rightfully so, I felt like strategically I played this thing the, the right way the entire time. There was no essential salary cap, let's call it, on beers, which maybe was unfair to some when agreeing to do this. There was also, you know, we kind of had to change the rules on the fly, right? Because if somebody revealed what they were doing first, somebody could react to that, and there was no consistency, which led us to the national championship of a secret reveal to Pete the body Bilotti. But ultimately, then it became like playing poker at the table with guys because you had to get inside their head, which, right. as me and DA have discussed, I, I got inside DA's head. I, I, changed, I thought Georgia was the pick because, look, Vegas has those big buildings for a reason. And if they're giving <laughs> Alabama the points, they're telling you they want you to take Alabama. Right. But I went back and forth, and I said, ultimately, Vegas is wrong at times, too. People sure. are allowed to win, and how am I going to not bet with Saban? And then I thought about DA, and I think there's a part of DA that I think looks at this and tries to get inside our head and go, you know what? These dopes are going to take Saban. 
I've watched Georgia all year. I can't take Saban. This is how I'm going to make back the bet. And I said, he thinks I'm taking Bama. He thinks Bogus is taking Bama. And that's where I jumped. And I said, and he's going to have to go over 100 beers to try to make up what he's doing. And that's where I came up with my number, 72, to try to block out him. And it worked. But you still went Bama. You took that cheese. Now, what is your essential problem with the layout of the brouhaha that led us to all this strategy on the final day? So I think... I mean, you're the problem because you have no regard for anything. And because there's no salary cap, I mean, you could have been smart slash dumb enough to bet 500 beers because you don't care about laying out $700. You don't care about Danielle yelling at you. So, like, <laughs> okay. And, like, thanks. I, no, no, like, but, like, it's, I can't, I can't separate. And I think DA is partially like this is that, you can't separate like reality from like the fun of the competition. Sure. Where and I think also too from a sheer like kind of game show standpoint, all the other comparisons, whether it's poker, I know how many chips you have. Jeopardy, I know how much money you've won. Price is right, I have an idea of like what's going on. I'm betting a dollar or one more dollar than you just bet. Because it's completely open, like I don't mind it. But this is going to cost me like $250, and that's on the kind of low end of things. And I, I wouldn't want us to get into a spot where you do something insane, and somehow we owe you 700 beers, I, and like we're, we're going bankrupt, it's weird, it's awkward. So maybe the next time there's like, a, like some kind of like transfer ratio where we do bet still 100 beers, but you don't win 100 beers for that. Okay, so let me just say this. I agree with what you're saying. I also want to state I am not as big a lunatic as you think I am. <laughs> but you did bet. I mean, right, but you still at one point were down 100 beers and were rescued by the pseudo-easy Alabama-Cincinnati okay. bet. Let me just get inside my head. Yeah, inside. go ahead. I'm not going there. Number one, I must hammer this home again. I... Knew the whole time leading up to bowl season yep. that I had Alabama versus Cincinnati in my back pocket. I thought that never crossed my mind. That's where you why, why you should have won. I looked ahead and I said, "Whatever happens here, I know I'm not going to be down these beers because I will get to a. I will be willing to bet a certain number that I know the other guys won't bet on Bama to make up the ground I've lost. And if I'm already up all these beers, well, I can play it semi safe with Bama. They still won't bet that number, and I'll just sit on the lead." That was my mindset the entire time. Of course, I would never put anybody in a situation where they owed 700 beers. <laughs> I would never do that. Hence, I could have bet, uh, you know, but it 500 but it beers. Could have, it also happened by accident. Like, you right. could not intend to do it, but the way, like, if Cincinnati had won that game somehow, well, then and I would have owed that 300 beer hole. Right. That would have sucked for you, and it would have been like I wouldn't have. Because I'll be honest, I I thought about this a lot yesterday, right. and it wasn't out of a cockiness standpoint. It was not a I'm gonna win. It was logistics. Like I was thinking of if I win, where am I putting twelve cases of beer? Yeah, and if I win, I don't need all of that beer. I don't sure. have your bars. Like I'm, I don't want to drink that in a year. I don't want to well, give it away. How about we like split it? Like, do I take some beers and I tell you guys to give the rest? Like. Give money to something, or like, like there was a, I, that, that's where my head was going well, all day yesterday. Two other things that I always processed along the way because we never actually discussed how and when the payment of beers needs to come, right? And I thought in the back of my head, I'm good enough friends with DA and Bogus that I am, hence me standing outside freezing my ass off painted blue. <laughs> I will always pay my debts and pay off the bets. 
But a bet like this, where if it was enough beers, you brought it up and it was I was always sticking in the back of my head. If it got really ridiculous, of course I don't need six cases of beer at once. <laughs> hey, bring me one a month, one every couple weeks. Well, it's not a beer of the month club. You're getting 12 cases from me at some point. Right, but, my, but my yet. point is, I'm not going to ask anybody to spend $300 at once when they have bills to pay. Well, what's the difference? It's still, it's okay. still paying well, that's it. that's on you. Yeah. That's on you. Right. I, If somebody asked me to do that, I would have done it. But in the back of my head, I always knew I was going to be a gentleman about this. Also, there's also the radio, and you brought up the reality from the other thing. You know, This was a great idea for a bit. This was DA's idea. Yeah. Uh, I, I came up with the name. Fine. It was supposed to be called Bowling for Beers originally. We tried to come up with something different. But... If I'm a radio listener, because I always try to do that, because that's what got me into the business first, was being a radio listener and wanting to be entertained. Do I want to hear three guys on the radio go back and forth exchanging one beer, two beers per college game? Like, does that get me juices flowing? Right. And I I felt you guys out for the first couple days, and it wasn't until Christmas Eve, the Hawaii Bowl, that got bagged where I bet, bet 48 beers, yeah. and then that spiraled into doing this. See, yeah, if I'm a listener, why am I wasting my time with six minutes to listen to these guys bet one beer, two beers? I got to I, I clearly saw you guys weren't going to spice it up. How am I going to spice it up, but also leave it where it's not ridiculous, where I'm betting a thousand beers? And the listeners, to be frank, ended up having my back on that. They did, and they also the, they also came around in the last week of it of it all working. Like they might have right. been bothered at the beginning, but we gave them ups and downs to close. Right, and that's drama. the thing: you can't bet a hundred beers on every single bowl game. Right. So you need to pick your spots. And I think ultimately the bit worked and ended up working. And I'm going to pat myself on the back and say, I saved the brouhaha. I'm not going to go that far as save the brouhaha, but you did. You legitimately won the brouhaha because because of your Alabama strategy, which, as DA has mentioned, is not always going to exist every single year, no, too. Not. So, like, that's this is not the but one. But I can only play go. for this year. And you did, and you and you beat us fair and square. You were smarter than us. It never crossed my mind that I had the Alabama kind of. I thought of that's where I can push ahead, but it didn't lead me to be unnecessarily aggressive early. Because my fear always was to fall behind where I'm cooked. Right. But, it, but it never, I never connected the two thoughts where, oh, man, if I'm down, I still have Alabama to rescue me. And I never put those two things yep. together like you did. Smartest thing I've ever done on the show probably. Which, I mean, look, not a, lot of, not a lot of examples. True. Speaking of dumb things, before uh, we wrap up Side B, mm. I got out there. I painted myself blue, red. Uh, the temperatures probably in the situation, we originally took about half an hour, hour being out there. It was colder than I think we even processed when yeah. we made the Giants No bet. sun. We were not, we were like in the shade. No, There's nothing helpful. Very windy. That was unbearable. That was like legitimately all laughs aside. It was unbearably cold to be out there bare chested and my fingers were cold and the paint did not come right off of me after the show yeah. when I wiped, which was really weird. And I think a lot of it had to do, and I kind of looked it up. My skin was actually, like, legitimately frozen. Right. And it crusted the paint on so hard that it took a very long time for me to scrub off when I got home. Sure. Your thoughts on the overall experience? Well, I mean, again, it's it's amazing. I hope you would never learn your lesson and, and continue to lose these type of bets because the fact that, um, that New Yorkers, like, stopped their day yesterday, mm-hmm. took out their phones and videotaped you in blue and red paint in a giant's hat and shirtless screaming about maybe something they knew nothing about. But, I mean, you gave, like, 10, 12, maybe 20 people, like, a thing that they talked about later that day with, like, their family. Guess what I saw? Maybe they posted about it. Like, yeah, which is, like, the third weirdest thing they probably saw in New York City. Yeah, but it was, it was on the list. You made the list. I made the list. I will tell you, and I will close with this. 
I pick up my daughter Taylor at daycare yesterday around 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. So at that point, I come home, shout. I was able to lay down for an hour. The national championship coming on. I pick her up, and that video had already circulated to that daycare to the point the daycare teacher had shown oh. the kids, which are you know ages 4 to 2, yeah. whatever. And I walk in, and there's... Miss Kristen, yeah, the, she's laughing, and you're all loofed up, so you're all your skin's raw. My skin's red, red raw, yeah. and she has the phone out, and she points to Taylor and says, "Taylor, who's this?" And there's me, bare chest of blue. She'd already shown my door before I could. Mm. Taylor pointed and said, "That's my dad." There. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, but, I mean, it might get bad as she gets older and understands that not all dad yeah. dads do that. But, but we were worried about how my kids would think of me. She was already, I couldn't even have the talk with her about me being basically half naked in New York City. I mean, what's the talk? You, you lost a bed. It's about standing up and having dignity and honesty. You're right. You're right. Maybe that is. Maybe it's that's a good life spin lesson. This. Maybe that's a good life lesson. Again, I wouldn't add too many more of these to the list, but right. I think you're okay where you are. That's my dad, that. So something she could be proud of. All right, we're going to wrap it up here for the PGP. You can follow Andrew Bogish. At Andrew Bogish. Follow me at Mraz CBS. Have a great week, everyone. And now a very special Side C. The first ever Side C of the PGP involves the Marquette Marvel. You remember him from the Deer District Diaries during the Bucks playoff run and then the Beer District Diaries during the very short-lived Brewers playoff run. Joining us here on the PGP is Aiden the Intern. Aiden, how you doing? Is this the first ever side CDA? Is that correct? This is it. This is history that we are experiencing. Well, I'm honored to be here again. Well, it's good to have you here on the uh, on the PGP. You're in the studios visiting the CBS Sports Radio home right now since you have a little break during your inter-semester winter break here. And so you drop by, you see the smiling faces around the office, and I'm sure that it brings back a wave of memories. How's that been today? Yeah, no more, no more smiley of a face than Pete, for sure, who just helped us engineer this side C. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to be back. Like you said, we've we've seen a few more smiling faces. I was back here in August. I believe it was the last week of August before going back to school for that first semester. Like you said, I'm back home in the on the East Coast for the winter break. We've hit the halfway point of my senior year, and it's it's great to be back in, back in New York. Well, I hope that you don't have to use the bathroom because <laughs> on our floor in the in the building. All of the bathrooms are under construction, and that's why we've talked about the communal bathroom situation. You have to go upstairs to go to a working bathroom, so I would just advise you hold it in until you get back to Milwaukee. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'll be, I'll be taking the train back up to Boston later today, so maybe and, and those train those train bathrooms won't be any better, I, I assume. No. no, they definitely won't. If you've ever been on an Amtrak and needed to do your business, it's a tough situation. So you saw the video, I'm sure, of Mraz shirtless outside our studios yesterday, paying off the Giants bet. What were your, what were your thoughts? And does anybody ever say like you work for these guys? What what the hell's going on over there? Yes. Yeah, so for me personally, I almost regretted coming here today. I felt like I should have come in yesterday as part of the whole hullabaloo because I felt like not not necessarily if I was going to volunteer to paint the back of Morass's back, as I know you guys were advertising, you know, Foxy or the Bayou <laughs> yeah. Bear to yeah. try to do it. I almost thought about raising my hand for that, but I didn't want to mix up the scheduling too much. But no, 
obviously you uh da has actually been on my college radio show for those who don't know yeah and so you've actually heard uh i've i've educated at least two of my fellow roommates and co-hosts about the ridiculousness of moraz and you know the morning zoo that it is every day so at least those two brian and zach know how ridiculous the giants payoff was yesterday it was cold out there now i'm sure in milwaukee it's even colder than in new york i'm sure you guys have some frigid mornings and nights but yesterday was it was a real windy day mornings you know it doesn't really warm up around where we are in lower manhattan until maybe noon or one o'clock when the sun is directly overhead this was about 10 a.m eastern 10 15 or so Woof! at one that one was blustery out there so Maybe it's better that you didn't have to witness that. <laughs> yeah, it it was definitely comfortable watching from from the confines of Massachusetts, just sitting on obviously your Instagram live. I loved. I think my favorite part of it, honestly, was the ingenuity of how to paint the back wrap it wrapped around a paper <laughs> towel. And actually, Bogus just walked across the glass here. He didn't he didn't see that I was in here, but for him to paint the back with that towel, almost roping it like you're painting a wall that was the most ingenious move of the morning (laughs) i think that was a suggestion actually from a listener and uh we're not smart enough to have come up with that but yeah that worked pretty well and um i'm sure there's there's a few of your buddies at at marquette that wouldn't mind winning the brouhaha now that bogus has to back up a brinks truck of 125 beers to Mraz's house at some point in time so you can tell them that like they're ultimate college dream you know somebody who's going to have 125 beers bought for them at one time it's an unbelievable math equation and at first when the brouhaha started and just as a listener to the show i think Moraz was originally a little confused about how the math went yeah. and admittedly i kind of was as well how was what how did the plus minus go okay if, if the team wins and you wagered five beers how does it go against, you know, Miraz or Bogish? But it is, as you said, a fun game to play with your own group of friends. And I think that's why it could be a, a universally adopted concept to, to all of your listeners. Yeah, you're a senior now, so you won't have an opportunity next football season to do this. But I feel like it's a really good college game where everybody gets together. You wager a total number of beers at each bowl game and you just keep tallying them. And at the end of it, somebody owes somebody or Everybody owes one guy a ton of beers. I feel like it's the perfect college game. It is the perfect college game, and I'm only upset that I'll be a year maybe too old for the the promised DA show trip to Wisconsin. I know it was in the works potentially last year. Obviously, going up to Boise was, was this past year in 2021, but it sounds like your next stop might be up to either a Madison-Wisconsin Badger game or up to Lambeau for a Packers game. Is that correct? Yeah, I'd love to do the double dip. That's been a dream of mine to do a Saturday in Madison, a Sunday at Lambeau. But look, if we do this in the fall, Aiden, you you have to be there because you're kind of like our Sacagawea of Wisconsin. You have to be <laughs> there to lead us around. So it's not like you're allowed to not come on the trip. You're actually contractually obliged to come on the trip. Well, I appreciate that. And as a Milwaukee resident, I'd have to step up for that third point of the triangle between Green Bay, Madison, and Milwaukee. It could be a Brewers game. It could be even a uh, Milwaukee Admirals hockey game as a oh. wild card. Oh. But obviously, number one, first and foremost, 
is Pfizer Forum, home of the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks and also my beloved Marquette Golden Eagles. Could you imagine factoring that in to, whew, if you could find a time late enough in the football schedule to be able to do Wisconsin football, Packers football, and a Bucks basketball game, that would be, that's an intense two or three days right there. That's sports nirvana. I've been thankful enough to obviously bring my family out for a couple games for uh, the Marquette games at, at Pfizer, and I can argue it's, the best place to watch a game that I've that I've been to. Obviously, I come from uh, Boston, where I've been growing up to Fenway all my life, and obviously that's on a much older scale. But as far as Pfizer Forum goes and the basketball arena, they're actually, during winter break as we speak, uh, there's some NCAA hockey going on up there, I know, in Milwaukee. Okay. Um, I'll be heading back up to Marquette this weekend, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Okay. I'll be going up on Friday to get back to school. So, yeah, a lot, lot to come up in Milwaukee for, especially as we get into potentially another Bucks playoff push. Out of all of the 12 DAs of Christmas, what was your favorite or most memorable? Did you think that we hit it correctly oh. in having the Bob's Bar Day with the chowder and the dodgeballs and Nancy admitting to the fart gate and... And all of the things that went into it, do you think that's the correct number one of the 12 DAs of 2021? Absolutely. And can I give you a snub as well, one that didn't make one? I I won't count the Winthrop drops because that obviously did not make it. I actually have another one that I thought was hilarious in the moment and did not make it. Okay. The Mraz baby name conversation. I (laughs) laughed my behind off. I remember walking down the streets of Wisconsin Avenue Marquette campus i probably just came out of a class or a work shift and that baby name conversation came on and the students walking by me probably thought i was a crazy person because (laughs) i think you had to blow through two ad reads and a stunt to a news because that segment went so long oc mraz was not brought into this world unfortunately yeah and that was one of my favorites that i thought would get a nomination but obviously like you said I'm, i'm okay and i think it's vindicated for Bob's bar to end up being number one. I believe the that conversation that you're talking about was a stuck in the chimney, but Mraz was going down all of the potential Giants players' names that he would want to name his second daughter after. And <laughs> O.C. Mraz was one of those that actually caught his attention. He really was seriously thinking about trying to pitch to Danielle O.C. Mraz. That was, that was one of my favorites. Another one that I was actually really surprised. I thought when you got – I think you did a teaser with – the day before number two came out that um, I was really also surprised that obviously I thought it was going to be Winthrop number two and Bob's bar number one. And obviously we've talked about how Winthrop did not make the final 12, but also how the Mets cardboard cutout. I was actually surprised that there was that high. I thought some original, um, even the ostrich eyes and some of the Shep impersonations I thought actually it would be higher, and I was surprised that everyone thought that the Mets cardboard, cardboard cutout was all the way up to number two. Huh, interesting. So impersonating Shep, you thought should have been higher, and Mraz's inability to pronounce ostracized, you thought should be way higher. Yeah, because ostracized, I also remember where I was, and that's kind of your barometer. I know you say it's you know the most memorable 
moments of the year and you remember where you were when. I know that's been a popular tagline on the show. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember where I was, like I said, for the baby names, which unfortunately didn't make it, but also ostrich eyes. I was sitting in the Marquette Library looking out, uh, probably not getting any work done at that point because the ostracized mispronunciation came on and the nose and the Pete, you screwed me again. <laughs> it ended up at number five, <laughs> correct? So I thought that originally deserved a little bit more. I know, I know it, it landed in the sexy six, which you said was, <laughs> was, you know, the universal, you can move them around, but those are the top six. Um, I was surprised that that came in as low as number five. No, oh, <laughs> no, not like the bird. No, was it? What is it? How do you say the word? Pete, you screwed me again. <laughs> and on my way in, I was obviously listening on the train and Pangea, I think it was the stunt to a news. Yeah. Uh, what was, I think he the said ichthyosaurus that was that was buried in the UK. Yes. And it's my job to throw it in right here as we insert. So this he or this dolphin, the th- what are we calling it? The ichthyosaurus. Ichthyosaurus would have been probably a lot of room, room to swim. This probably would have been during like the Panama Pia times, right when everything was together. That uh, what do you call it? The pa- Pangea. Pangea, where the continents fit like puzzle pieces. They probably had so much more water to swim with. Yeah, that's an interesting idea is there more ocean during Pangaea because all of the land is locked together or is it actually the same amount of ocean it's just oh, that the, uh, the land is you know in what? different spots. it might be but I'm just talking about more open water so you know what I mean so they could get to weird places but the UK would have been in the middle of the what'd you call it the Pangaea 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 yeah but as far as the pronunciations go it was another remember where you were I was on the train coming down here to visit and uh you're the buffoon moment comes up where i believe it trying to pronounce pangea but he mixed the words pangea and automatopoeia that's exactly right yes that's exactly right somehow he mashed together pangea the one size fits all continent back before all the continents broke apart and onomatopoeia, which is the term to describe when a word sounds like what it's trying to describe, like drip or right, any sound one? effect. Yeah, Boom. sound effect. Boom. In our right. John Madden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he mixed those up. So Pangea, onomatopoeia become one word. And I wanted him to just keep working his way through it. But Bogues <laughs> jumps in and says, you mean Pangea? And I was going to sit back on the sidelines and just see how long it was going to take him <laughs> to work his way through that. Pangea was actually also a Jeopardy answer. I was watching with my family the other night. We're not big, we're not big, you know, Netflix or HBO Max watchers. We keep it simple to Family Feud and Jeopardy. Okay. So the category was three consecutive vowels, and Pangea was an answer, obviously, with A E A at the end of the word. So oh, that's a Pangea good one. was fresh in my head. Beautiful? Does that have three vowels? B E A U, yeah. B E A U. Yes, three consecutive. That that was three the uh, the category vowels. for those at home. That's a good that's a good category. It's a tough one. Obviously without Aaron Rodgers watching, it's a little different. Hosting, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> without hosting, yeah. So you host Games in Grub, which is a radio show on the Marquette Student Radio Station, and it has to do with both sports and food, so it's takes after our own heart here. Since you host Games and Grub, I want to know, what did you think about Mraz's 
decline of the football food of the weeks into merely dips or dips with dipsy doodles? That's an interesting question. The dipsy doodles is obviously indefensible. I think that could be also used as a football term. It was indefensible as to use the dipsy doodles on top of French onion dip with bacon, which you guys already ridiculed the year before. So I think this even started last year with the infamous run of the dips. And as far as this year goes, honestly, I, I will not come to his defense, obviously, uh-huh. but as far as the critiques go, I can, under, I can understand where he's coming from in terms of the, the Simon Cowell type crowd every time you get to the football <laughs> food of the week because it used to be coined the always undefeated football food of the week, and obviously the dips have ruined its reputation, yeah. but I think there could be a, a bit of a middle ground found there. <laughs> so you, you feel like maybe we're just looking for reasons to be critical like Simon Cowell? Not necessarily. I think it's obviously on a case-by-case basis. I'm not going to, you know, dislo- <laughs> lose my loyalty towards any one of uh, the members on the show. There are some I'd have to go back to. But that's to a common. Sheet. That's actually a common criticism of the crew when he does the football food of the weeks. So that we're always bagging on whatever he gives us. And people are like, well, Mirage can't win then because you criticize this and then he does the opposite and you criticize that as well. So that's a fair critique if you feel that way. Let me be fair. I think there's some there's some parallels to be made here between the creation of the football foods of the week and the creation of the Canadian bacon puns. And I think Canadian bacon, every time you go after him, it's warranted. Let's just say that. The <laughs> overtime ending man is the perfect example. <laughs> And what have you thought about the dramatic readings of the fat journal? I think the most confusing thing is how you try to pronounce the F every time. I know you try to instructionally teach the audience how you do it. I'm not sure how even even to this day, even after whatever, a week and a half of doing it. Mraz does not like the use of the F word. He feels like it is too aggressive. I tend to really enunciate, especially my Fs. So when I say fat, it usually comes off almost like a dart being thrown. And so he wants me to soften it. So what I've tried to do is make it far more breathy by calling it a fat journal, almost like it's just a horn, like a, a light horn in the breeze, like a bugle almost. But I don't know if... If everybody can do that, nor I'm not sure if that's drawing less attention to the word. It feels like it's drawing more attention to the word. And I think, as obviously, the the Paramount one was tiki on Friday. (laughs) And as Pete's here trying to, um, trying to, you know, engineer this, the rest of the the side C here, his booking of tiki, I believe. Yeah. uh, I rem, again, you remember where you were. I was actually shoveling snow outside on Friday because of the snow that we got here in the Northeast and Tiki basically recounting an oopsie on the air. (laughs) I I remember exactly where I was for that moment. I got to tell you, I'm not sure we'll have a better moment over the course of the year than Tiki's reading. It's still very early. We've got 10 months to go in the countdown, but it is a stroke of genius that Pete booked him. I was out under the impression, and I told my wife this because she came home and she's like, oh, my God, Tiki was amazing. And I said, I know, I can't believe it. She goes, that was so smart of Pete to book him. And I said, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I didn't think that Tiki would want to have any interest 
in getting his hands dirty with our nonsense. So I thought he'd probably decline, or if he did it, he'd be like, can we just talk football? And Tiki owned it. Like, he didn't want to talk football. He didn't want to talk Giants. He wanted to do the dramatic reading. And only Pete could have sniffed that out. It was so smart and so good. And it that ends up being what we're all chasing for number one the rest of the year. Because Tiki, wasn't it amazing to hear an all-time football legend like own the dramatic reading like that? It was amazing. And I'll actually ask you a question. How confident are you that on January 11th that that will hold up as number one for the rest of the year? It's an excellent question. I'm never confident, because I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, that anything can last 10 months. But it has a few hallmarks that you know are going to be hard to top. The biggest hallmark is it's a celebrity. We're all going to do dumb things. I'm going to say something stupid. Mraz is going to do about 13 things that are remarkably stupid. We're going to bag on him throughout the year. We'll have orchestrated bets and this silliness and that, you know, dumping pizza sauce on <laughs> Connor Green's head and things like this, you know, backing up a truck of beer into a, a christening potentially. All these things can happen <laughs> by you, Bear. There, there's plenty of characters to do silly things that could do it. But this is a celebrity walking into our world and owning it. And that's where you it's really hard to top. Like, he's the Giants' all-time leading rusher. And he made an oopsie reference and referenced how Mraz, how Mraz's wife has to have relations with him because he's so heavy. You just, you can't, how could you possibly replicate something like that? So is it possible? Sure. Anything's possible. It's a long, it's a long year, but it has, it has all of the things that we love. It has somebody on the outside making fun of us by being on the inside He's making fun of Mraz. He's doing all the classic oopsies and fat jokes and everything like that. And it's it's one of the Giants' greatest players ever. I mean, it's just like that. There's a Venn diagram there of a number one of the 12 DA, and it hits like five different concentric circles in the middle of it. It's, it's really tough to beat, even on January 11th, because I know sometimes the recency bias can come into effect with, with voting for the 12, 12 DAs, and you obviously just went through it. It is an all-timer. It's an all-timer. Well, Aiden, the Marquette Marvel, making his way down to New York to hang out with us in the studios. It's good to have you here on Side C, the debut of the Side C. Who knows? Maybe it'll never happen again, so this could be a one-time only deal. But it's always good to talk to you, brother. Thanks so much for all the help over the course of the year. Best of luck in your second semester, and uh, we'll be tuned in to Games and Grub, bro. Thank you so much, DA. I, I appreciate your help, as always, and hope to talk to you soon. You got it. That is side C. That is the PGP. Have a wonderful week. We'll reconnect with the PGP next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.